Hey everybody. Nice to see everybody here at the Mag West Digital Stream. We are Pixelated Audio. For those of you that don't know us, we are a video game music podcast. We've been around for about seven years now, and uh, we're actually very lucky to be back here. We, we used to be at MAG during some of the live events, year one, two, three. I'm actually wearing a shirt from, I think, 2019, or 2018. And today we, we're joined by a very special guest. And if you haven't seen our show or heard our show, typically we talk about and play VGM. So we're going to be doing that, same as we always do, but a little bit more... Uh, Oh, somebody's saying, hey, <laughs> we're going to be doing that, but a little bit more live today. So if you've got any questions in the chat for us or our guest, Chase, throw them in there. But I'm going to hand it over to Brian. Yeah, a little bit about our show before we get started. Pixelated Audio, we cover VGM on a broad spectrum from games uh, in all different genres, whether it's popular, obscure, mostly leaning on the obscure side. Uh, as long as it's good, good music, like we want to take a look at it, deeper dive. And we tend to focus on composers, the, the men and women behind the music. And, um, you know, back in the, the early days for game audio and stuff like that, even though it seem, may seem simple, like there, there's a lot of like history there and um, a lot to enjoy. So we like to explore all these different avenues. Yeah, we, uh, we've talked about everything from obviously the game itself, the history of game development, the composers. Sometimes we go into a more of a deep dive on technical stuff. We try not to go too far on that so people aren't totally lost, but we, we depending, much, on, depending yeah. on the episode, right? Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. We also really loving uh, having composers on. We've had num uh, like numerous ones on the show so far. Uh, it's been really fun to, to hear the inside stories of their careers and uh, just all the, the information and the history that goes along with that. And with that said, we have a good friend of the show joining us who's also a composer, and we're going to talk about their music today. This is Chase Bathia. Hi, everyone. Hello, Mag West. It is an honor to be here with my friends. we got Gene and Brian and be amongst the Mag West, Mag Fest community. We're happy yeah. to have you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I guess we didn't really introduce ourselves, Gene. No. I'm, I'm Brian and that's Gene. <laughs> that's right. It should say our names down below, but uh, there's not much to say about us. We've been doing this a while. We really love just being a conduit for great game music and giving indie game composers and even bigger name composers an opportunity to talk about their process and their work. So that's why we've got Chase on today. Yeah. So we wanted to talk to Chase. He's he's actually been on the show like uh, what, like five, six years ago, five years ago. Yeah. Started. So 20 <laughs> long, <laughs> long ago. And uh, we got, you know, this was when his career was just barely getting off the ground. And um, we, we played some of his tracks, really good stuff. But so much has happened since then. So bring him back. It just felt like such a cool throwback. He's a good friend. Uh, we got a lot of really cool tracks to talk uh, about today and about Chase's career as being an indie composer and, you know, making making a name for himself. So uh, why don't we go ahead and get started with our, our first track? Uh, we'll take a listen. This is Quest Like Pocket Battle 3v3. I think we've got some visuals for this track, too, before. Right, Chase? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, awesome. Visuals. Cool. So just a bit of context really quick. This is a rhythm type of game that's being developed. It's actually available now on Android. You can play and it was just doing systemic updates. But I'm doing the music system to think of like Pokemon Go and Monster Hunter conflated. And the battle tracks are going to be rhythmic based to beat or capture the monsters. So this is the first track from there. Cool. That was Quest Like Pocket, Battle 3v3. And Chase is an award-winning composer and technical audio designer. He's been composing professionally for over 10 years and has scored music for over 20 shipped games so far. Uh, this is impressive. Yeah. I, like, I really like this track. Thank you. And Chase, what have you been telling us? How many games are you working on currently right now? Eight games <laughs> currently. <laughs> It was seven the last time we talked. <laughs> I counted again today. <laughs> oh, that's, that's crazy. Eight is my favorite and my lucky number. Uh, so, yeah, it happens to be eight. <laughs> cool. cool. So let's let's jump back to the uh, the wee years of, of Chase uh, when you were just a little guy getting into music. You told us about this on your show long ago, but, you know, 
as we get older, like our memory is just not that good anymore. <laughs> so you got to re re explain yourself. All right. So we'll take a small, little, tiny time capsule. And so I started out in game music in 2011. I, have a weird different it's, it's a bunch of different paths that i kind of took to kind of just take the different opportunities i worked at a i was an intern at a mobile game studio called mobatory or zubis i was an ex activision employee that started the company alex bertaluzzi and i was getting my start there with some stuff the company went under and then i decided okay I, i'm hungry for more i, I want to do this and so it was freelance and i bought a book called the complete guide to Game Audio by Aaron Marks. The, this was the second edition. I read half of the book. I learned about online communities, such as forums at the time. I don't think those are a thing anymore. And that I posted my work, and I didn't get a bite off the first one, but the second one I did. I pitched for this game that was a mobile puzzle type game, and I landed my first paid gig and shipped the game, which is extremely, extremely rare, really hard to do, but I always, I guess, had that sound I was told from producing music for several years that my music sounded like it should be in games. So when I read half of that book, and that was, it was it, I've tasted nothing but no, the, you, the hunger for more. You were you were still a student at this time, right? Yeah, I was, I was going to Moorpark College at the time, so I hadn't even graduated. I didn't even finish all of my theory classes. <laughs> I knew, I, like, I just need to start now. <laughs> no time like the present. Just do half of the game. <laughs> just do half, like all the, the parts you know, and then just wait on the rest. Save that yeah. for like, uh, you know, uh, 2.0 or something. Um, exactly. So that game was called Electron Flux. Electron Flux. Nice. Cool. So what's your musical background? My, music my musical background is... A little bit, a bit all over the place. I, I grew up in Chicago, so I listened to a lot of smooth jazz. I was in band and choir from fifth to seventh grade. I started in the beginning, and then I, mo I quickly moved up to advanced band by I think like sixth grade, and advanced choir. Then I was away from that type of stuff for about several years. Then I got into classical music through my college years, Moorpark College, started taking piano. I was playing alto saxophone in the beginning band, by the way, so that was my first instrument. And then took classical lessons, then moved up into jazz, and then through my the rest of my college career and whatnot. So I've pretty much covered almost all the the staple things you learn in school from music stuff. <laughs> and so where do games awesome. come into this? Were you a big gamer growing up? Yeah, I've been saying recently that I actually the first instrument I played was the Game Boy. It was a sound test. <laughs> Just playing I had a Game Boy camera. You can make tracks on the Game Boy camera. Oh yeah. And that was where I was making my first game audio tracks when um, during fifth and sixth grade. So probably the time I had that alto, alto saxophone, I was playing I was playing Game Boy camera <laughs> tracks and making game audio music on there. <laughs> that's how so they get that's you. where I've always been a been a player player from the beginning, never since I was six years <sighs> old. Game Boy camera and printer. That's yeah, that's how they hook you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think I, <laughs> the I, first I, selfie. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> I, I think I remember you played a track from Final Fantasy Legend two uh long ago and that was really important to you. So Game Boy has uh, a long history in in my life as well and i know uh i remember you just said nothing but good stuff about like your your childhood around the game boy so that's awesome that that is kind of what brought you over to the uh the dark side i guess um yeah why don't we get into another track here uh, we we only have i wish we had like three hours today but we have limited time we have a lot of great music so um let's play a track from and this is this is one that i i really really like here this is uh from reclaim earth this is challenge accepted
This is cool. And no, you're not seeing uh, that image incorrectly. This is a 3D low-res first-person shooter, which is really, really cool. Uh, tell us about tell us about this track. Yeah. First. Yeah, so this track was composed during a game jam called Low Res Jam, I think 20, 2016 or 20, something like 2016, that. 2016, I think I remember mm-hmm. too. Yeah, and so it was for, we wanted to kind of do this Turok, but Doom, Quake thing, and then so we, we managed to do that. And I really I really love, one of my favorite video game composers is Jesper Kud. And I was thinking, all right, I know that this art style is this way, but I really want to pull in this sound and make it more grungy and, and just apocalyptic, but but hopeful and survival. So I just really needed it dirty, but I needed it a little bit modern with the sound. I didn't want to go with the chiptune type of route. And I love that, but I just wanted to have that that extra oomph for just like you really are by yourself. You have to take back the earth. No holes barred. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's that's really good. Uh, n- now I can totally see the, the Jesper uh, Kai, influences yeah, there yeah. for sure. I mean, if, mm. had the track been like 12 minutes, I would have definitely seen the... Uh... <laughs> yeah, on the Sega Genesis, like a 20-minute long track. And, you know, one of the things that we really love about uh, the show and the music that we've selected is uh, we've tried our best to showcase a wide range of music from Chase. It's, you know, you're going to have chippy stuff, orchestral stuff, kind of techno-electronic. You know, I just we're really big fans of your music and it's been awesome listening through a lot of this to pick out stuff to showcase for this show. This one, this one's, uh, particularly, um, try, uh, this, this, this game is actually close, um, to my, uh, my heart because not only did you work on it, but, uh, one of the hosts of the show also did the design artwork. One of my really good friends, James Bruner. And, um, I, I I hope you guys work together again because like his his artwork is amazing. Your composition is incredible. So uh, good stuff. Thank you. Hopefully we see some more yeah. stuff. Um, so how do you choose the projects that you work on? Um, now that you're you know one of the big shots. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you know it comes down. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I I. It, I'm in between because I'm, you know, I'm still, this is my 10th year in the industry. And so I'm looking at it from a longevity type of thing. I look at how actors I grew up with are still doing the acting, you know, in their time right now. And they're still, you know, there. And so the projects that I'm looking for are the ones that I'm scared of. I don't think that I can do or the ones that are just there. They don't look they may have a similar mechanic to something, but their the art style is just a little bit different. They add, they, they I'm trying to, I'm just being perspicacious about, will I play this later down the line, or will somebody else kind of like hearken to this, or will they will they find it interesting? So I'm I'm tapping into my inner player as a child to think this is was is this interesting? This is, is this something I really am excited for? And so it's just it's a small little spark. Something similar relationships, like when you you feel that thing for someone, it's like oh, okay, it's like feeling. So I I take that same type of energy and I approach it to projects that may come my way or that I seek out myself. It's like the Komari method for game audio. Yeah, feel the spark. (laughs) It makes sense, right? You want to take on projects that you feel passionate about. I mean, at least in some way, there's something really interesting about it. So no, that makes sense. But um, yeah. Should we move on to the next thing, Brian? Because I'm really excited about this next part. We actually have a live demo from Chase uh, for some interactive audio. Tell us a little bit about this. So this is a project called Potions, Please. And I was the composer for it. I did the design systems to make it feel a little bit different than what they kind of were initially thinking in terms of something linear and there's three different areas that the player can kind of go through to make potions you have your interior area you have your where you do all the potions and your community comes up to you and asks for specific requests and then there is the exterior area where you can go around the community and talk to different people find out what they need for potions for to help them in their everyday life and then there's mini games where you collect mini minerals and then do different trading and so i utilize those three different different parts to broaden the scope of the score into making it more interactive. So when the player is playing a mini game, there are different parts if they're playing 
three different mini games in that one area. And then when they exit the mini game to go to the exterior to be around the community or then back into the interior. So there, you're going to be hearing those three sections specifically in this demo. And I can kind of go get started now since I've kind of given you the premise of it. While you're doing that, um, can you remind us what uh, company is developing this game? The company that developed the game is Nix Hydra. Nice. That's cool. And it's available on Google Play and it iOS? It is available in a specific country, <laughs> but not in our country. <laughs> well, that's a bummer. For but now? Hopefully, or hopefully it will for be. The foreseeable for, for as long as I know about whatever I know about. Okay. All right. <laughs> that's all, right. all I can say. We'll <laughs> give it a thought. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's bring up the screen share so we can kind of see what you got going on with this interactive audio program. Cool. So this program is Elias. It is an audio middleware. For those who do not know what audio middleware is, it is the bridge between writing the music, which I write in Cubase, and the it talks to the game engine. And this is how I create the dynamic systems that will bridge the gap between the two for things to kind of work in that fashion. And so I found this to be the best workflow in this case for this one specifically because it worked well with the mobile limitations that we kind of deal with in terms of what's happening on your application there. So what you're seeing here is the top, these things, the loop tracks are the instruments of the stems themselves. And stems are just, I write the entire track in a linear and a horizontal form and pre-designing it in the Cubase software and then having it come down mostly vertically Whereas you can see that these are the instruments in themselves. And then this here is very important, the numbers. I have to think about if these are what these are called levels. And so that means that only a set layer of music is going to play. So for example, we're going to play level one here now. That means it's exterior. So if I pull that drop down, that means that only these drums and things are playing here. So you're in the exterior part of the game. Now say I wanted to go to the interior. I set that up. I played live harmonica here, so there are four different variations that are going to play. Excuse me, five. Now say we wanted to go to the minigame, we'd have to exit to go to the exterior, so we'll do that. We'll say interior exit to exterior. We'll go back there. We're in this part of the game, we're at Kingsport, so it's like a dock. So it has a little bit more of a more port sounding feel with the sea and fish and birds. But we're going to play a mini game, so we're going to exit the exterior and go to the first mini game. So now we're in a different level, we're on level three. Say the minigame is playing, they're playing something different. So we can go to one of the minigame it's going to pick up. And same thing with part two. done playing the minigame, we'll exit to the exterior. And since we're in part two, we'll do part two of the exterior. And we want to go to our potions, so then we'll go to the exterior exit to the interior. And that'll be 
how we navigate around the game. So I'm wow. pre-designing <laughs> all of this before I even probably play it to see all of these steps that are, the player may happen to do. Well, yeah. even though this is one track, it <laughs> seems like you have to compose like a symphony to, <laughs> yeah. you know, that's, that's a lot of work. I was going to yes. ask, so when you say you pre-compose in this software, or do you almost think of it like, you know, sketch on piece of paper thinking like, oh, okay, this is where this goes. The interior music's going to sound a little bit more like that. Like, are you mapping it out like really sketchy for at first? Not all the time. If I, it's pretty rare that I, I do have to do that. In this case, for this game, that didn't happen that way. So in Cubase, there is a function called an arranger track. And this is a pretty powerful tool I realized I could use to my advantage. And I can write, say I had four bars, and I, had, I thought of that four bars. I wrote that four bars of whatever little melody and chord progression I have and I write and then the ranger track says A and then I write the in this song form it's A B A so we'll go and then the the next four bars will be B and then that so now I have eight bars so between A and B I can just jump between the two to see how they transition this gives me my design idea to see okay part A is going to go well with part B now I can go down to C D E and F it's called through composed composition and see what works wherever I need to jump around then I export that out into the, the individual instruments that you see at the top marimba drums etc and I've already designed it to form to be played in a horizontal form and so it's just mostly like think of it as like mismuting tracks in and out but it has to also work in a vertical linear format as well. So I'm literally playing on the XY <laughs> composition field. It's almost like you're conducting yeah. and you're telling what uh, what sections to start and stop. Yes. Say, you know, we're going to have the brass come in now and then, you know, hey, they're entering a building. We're going to, you know, turn you guys off and have, you know, the strings come in or whatever. Right. I, I think this is awesome. Now, I'm curious how... Like, how do you work with the the development team, the engineering team to implement this kind of interactive experience in the game? So you've talked about your composition style. You can manually tr uh, turn these off and on. Is there a way in the software to be able to say, hey, we're entering this. We need to flip this bit on to be able mm -hmm. to play this, this section. Yeah. So one th great thing that I love about Elias is that, so what I was utilizing here was this orange play button is linked to something called action presets. Now this is the more intricate design thing of how you heard those transitions happening so smoothly. I have to label these as they are and then set them to specific. We're getting very technical. <laughs> I'll just try to keep it very simple. Yeah. But these action presets are very important because when I go to file and export a delivery package, it will ask me, hey, this is what it's going to be. This is what it is. There's a plugin that Elias have already designed to work with the, the major game players, such as Unity and Unreal. And that plugin will talk to those engines and say, hey, when you open Elias, this is what it is. Here's the folder we're going to link it to. Oh, when that's cool. Whatever player, whatever composer has that export thing, it's going to talk to each other. And then I talk to the engineers and say, these are my action preset names. They cannot be changed. Mm -hmm. If you do not have them spelled correctly, they will not work. <laughs> so we, we create cool. drop downs and it goes pretty quickly, quicker than you think yeah so it's i think one engineer said wow that was like really fast to implement and the other stuff comes along with bugs that go along yeah with, with the i know the middleware has really improved a lot over the years <laughs> mm -hmm. so they have like a really good api design to where the, they uh the development team can just you know say hey so look if you're making a game and you want to have interactive components it's not as you know hard on your uh composer well not the composition side aside, uh, uh, it's not as hard on the composer to get those files to you, I guess, now. So what, yeah. what is the software called again? Elias. That's E-L-I-A-S. Okay. E Got it. I want to keep us moving along because we got a couple more tracks that we want to play, and we really want to make sure that the audience can hear them. This next one, mm -hmm. and you've already got your screen share up, so switch over to the graphics. For This is a ground, the game A Ground. This is the track Wild Encounter, and I have to say, this this one is... It's a wild track. It's super, super duper cool. <laughs> <laughs>
excellent. Yeah. Excellent track. For those of you who are watching with us live uh, on our full show, you'll be able to listen to those tracks in their entirety, or some of these are available on Chase's Bandcamp. But in any case, tell us about this track, because this whole soundtrack is just... I use the term challenging. I mean that in the best possible way. There's like really <laughs> crazy rhythms, really unusual sound choice. I love this soundtrack. Tell us about it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So the wild encounter happens during a kind of a cataclysmic part in the game. Uh, it's weird kind of talking about this because the the spinoff was just announced a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> it's by the way, it's called a Ground Zero, and so I I think this is the part where I started to introduce live instruments. So I'm playing guitar on this track, and I needed it to be. It just the developer said it just needs to feel like things are going down, and you're probably not going to make it because it's. <laughs> There's a lot of stuff happening. And it took, I think this is part of the, I would have to say the semi-climax of the game, depending on where you are, what path you took. A ground is about a just building up materials, being on a driven story. You could take either a science path, a magic path, or both paths if you're so ambitious. And so this is typically where I just kind of put things together and just wanted it to feel a little bit different than the other tracks I'd already previously written. Well, one of the things that I, I especially, and this is kind of a general question, but especially for this soundtrack, where do you draw your inspiration when you're writing the music? It's a great question. <laughs> so believe it or not, I draw a lot of inspiration from other video games that I've played in my life. And because I'm still playing, I'm a huge retro game collector. I own close to 800 physical copies of games and those are just you know popping something in and hearing something then i pull something from there or i try to at least pull from the game design document i pull a lot from the art itself and try to just get a lot of different references from other external things too so maybe other composers or artists that the developer may find inspirational to them i try to incorporate that as well so it's it's pretty a big amalgamation of different references and other inspirations I use and then just shove it together. <laughs> it's funny. You say inspiration, you, you pull a lot from video games. I was going to say, like, you don't say like we, there's so <laughs> no. much little, like, uh, there's little like snippets here. From, yeah. Yeah. From, and you can, I can definitely hear a lot of, uh, of kind of reference points, I think, which is, which is excellent. Um, there's, there's, it has this nostalgic feeling, but, um, at the same time it's brand new. So that's, it's, it's really nice. I just want to take a quick moment to say and to pixelated audio as a podcast itself, big love to you both because Aww. I studied a lot of music through your podcast <laughs> and the, the, you guys pioneered a lot of things to open up avenues for a study to be even more abroad. And I still study the things of the past episodes that you do to this day. So <laughs> if it wasn't for your podcast, I wouldn't have that extra reference and that extra tutelage to my advantage so thank you both oh well thank you that's that was totally unscripted but we really appreciate <laughs> no really it's it's really nice to hear you know one of the one of the things we really always try to do is push the boundaries of what a video game music podcast can be i mean we've done shows about music dating back to like the late 70s i don't know of any other podcast that i've heard that's done stuff like that and it's so much fun to you know to dig in those and i'm glad people are responding to it and hearing things that probably they're not just going to stumble across in their day to day. <laughs> right. I, but I, I, I do want to also give a shout out to um, all the other things that we draw our inspiration from you, like our friends, uh, you know, in discord, like there's a lot of really um, good friends that we made, uh, you know, all of our friends in VGM rips and like just yeah. the, across the community, all the other podcasts too, the VGM podcasts that are just, we're really good friends with. So I think we've all built up this really great community and um, kind of camaraderie uh, around um, video game music, which is seen at, at first, we said this before, it seems kind of like a niche thing, but it, but it's not really anymore. No, <laughs> maybe where we go a little bit, but just the broader community, people have really come to accept video game music a lot and we're just doing what part we can. <laughs> <laughs> cool. So uh, are we ready to get into our next track? I think so. Yeah. What is this one? This is from the game Jagaimo. I don't think we have any visuals for this ja one, right? Jagaimo. 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 <laughs> Jagaimo. Do you know what that means? I do. I don't. Right. <laughs> it's Japanese for uh, for like potato, but like russet potato. <laughs> okay. 
uh, quick context for this. So this was the game did in development, whereas in you really just have to pass the potato around before it blows up. <laughs> and it's more of a multiplayer game up to four players. It's actually really fun. I actually found the gameplay. So you're going to see the gameplay along with the music. So we'll play it right now. <laughs> now I get all those potato puns. <laughs> this is tater bop, right? <laughs> yes. Fun. See, I, yeah. there was no soundtrack when I played Hot Potato as a kid. No, but this would have, this would have killed. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel that. Trust me, this one I wrote earlier this year, and it pushed my boundaries in terms of writing. This one was one that I didn't could I couldn't lean on video game music for. I had '80s game show and Japanese game show. Uh, like Ninja Warrior type of references and then to make it dark. You know what? This reminded me of uh, 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 Hayamura or Hiyamura um, mm. who uh, did uh, Neo Geo um, uh, Turf, Turf, Masters, Turf Masters. Yeah. Yeah. And so uh, like I, I had this like really kind of like like jazzy bombastic golf Neo Geo vibe going on. <laughs> Horn samples all over the place. Thank you. <laughs> no, it was Thank great. You. I loved it. Uh, so this is always a good question that we, we always like to ask when we have composers. Do you have any advice for up-and-coming composers that are interested in writing games? And that could be pretty broad range of how you want to answer that question. Yeah, my advice is don't ever compare yourself to anyone else. Keep doing your own thing and always do your research and your homework, especially for those that have put into the positions that where you're able to continue to possibly have a career in this yourself. Those, those are usually the things the things that I say. Yeah, excellent. Uh, I want to add something actually onto that. Um, and and maybe Chase won't directly say this, but I think you'll agree with it. Is um, don't ever doubt yourself too, because I, I think that uh, you you haven't been afraid to send us music and be like, mm-hmm. hey, what do you guys think? Or like it's not done or whatever. Long ago, and um, I think being able to get that that feedback and stuff is is all super important for for anybody. Yeah, I cannot, I can't emphasize that more. As a creative, we thrive off of that. We cannot grow, we cannot get better without some type of feedback and good constructive feedback to really think about, you know, ask the M, ask that person, what are you looking for from this? Even though if it's a work in progress or whatever the case may be, but try to narrow down specifically what you how you feel like you would like to grow rather than just you know, keeping it open if you want it open that's great too but i find that constructive and concise criticism amplifies the creative and growth process even further yeah i, I think that's um an excellent message I, and it reminds me of uh going back to um uh the the, the thought that no matter how experienced you are too and how long you've been doing it, you can still grow and you can still, you know, get that constructive feedback. I remember um, a long time ago when um, Horizon Chase was coming out, Barry Leach, the composer of that, he's done so much good music, but even he would, he would send me tracks like there, they would be like half complete and be like, what do you, what do you think about this? Just for any kind of feedback. And I, I thought, wow, like this is a guy who has, so much experience more than most like like he has done more video game soundtracks than almost any other person on this planet <laughs> true. and he's still you know asking for like honest feedback and 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 making changes based on how other people feel and i thought wow that's that's an incredible thing so that's something we can all kind of um keep in the back of our minds yeah you know yeah. and just to add on to that i think one of the things that really draws us to game music maybe 
maybe, I don't know if everybody feels this way, but you have to be a really talented chameleon. I mean, popular musicians often, you know, they can write in a certain style and get really well known for that. Game musicians have to do whatever the project demands. So it could be wildly different from one project to the next. And I imagine, you know, Chase, I don't want to speak for you, but I imagine that's got to be something that is really inspiring to you in your career and, you know, keeps you excited. Yes, most definitely. It's something that I, I always... I'm the player first. Remember, I started on Game Boy. I made music on the Game Boy camera. I'm the player first. And then the game music started to show my path towards that. And I remember being the player thinking, oh, well, that's cool music. Or how do they do this? And how do that? And so it just happened to be that, that extra love that really I'm just married to. That's awesome. Uh, let's get into our next track yeah. here. We have a, we have a few more that we want to make sure we have time for. Um, this next one is Star Dander, and the track's tall, titled uh, "Trouble and Mystery." Let's take a listen. We got some visuals for that one, I think. Right? Nice. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Really this is a looking beautiful game. looking game. interesting one this uh you know we played the track all the way through uh there is a lot of um vocalization Mm -hmm. going on and uh a lot of your tracks so far that we have have we've heard um don't have um those vocal kind of underlying um melodies and or support and stuff like that tell us about working with vocals in your game audio yeah so this is actually i'm really glad that you brought that up this is something i've been I really love vocals. I really like the sound that they bring. And so I've always wanted to do a score with more vocals. And this was the opportunity that I, I had to incorporate that because the Stardander School for Witches is a RPG. It, it's centered around witches that want to become better and learn spells and grow themselves. And so you, you could, you're thinking about... You know, there's fey and, and mystical things. And so what I thought was, I, I need to take vocal lessons. So I started vocal lessons with my mom. And my mom gave me vocal lessons as well. So I could understand that instrument a little bit better, understand my own voice a little bit better, and how to direct other vocalists in, in, in tandem with that. And then I took it a step further and hired my mother <laughs> to sing on the, actually that track there too. Is that, that her? her trouble Missy? She comes in later. It's not her. Okay. I heard right okay. now. She comes okay. in later. But so, if for you listening at home, you <laughs> were able to hear it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The full. Yeah. The full track that happens. But yeah, it's working in tandem with that helped me understand more that I could bring to my composition palette and my tools to enhance the experience for the player overall and, and get different feeling from it too. Very cool. I I hear a little bit of like. Um, almost that otherworldly kind of um, Pants of Dragon saga in there. I'm yeah, just gonna... I'm hearing some Baroque influences. I really love this soundtrack. I think this is the, uh, actually, I think we're only playing one of the tracks from this game on the show, but let us know when that one comes out because it's got some really great tracks from what we've heard so far. Uh, I don't know if you've got a date or maybe you have an estimate or probably got to keep quiet on that. <laughs> uh, no, I can share. Oh, nice. It's, we're aiming for... October 2022. Okay. 
That's what we're aiming for. Keep an eye Just out for that one, folks. That's in about a year. <laughs> but it comes by quicker sure than you think. So. Yeah. Uh, There's a demo yeah. out right now on Steam. So nice. I think you can play that yeah. if you want to. Awesome. <laughs> Let's move into our, our next one here. This is from Project Bushido, Tectonic Showdown. And before, yes. we, before we do that, while this track is playing... Folks, we do have a little bit of time. If you've got questions in the chat, throw them in there. We'd love to have an opportunity for us, or most likely Chase, we're, we're not important, you know, to answer some <laughs> questions that you've got. This is your opportunity to talk to a, a game composer and uh, have him answer those questions. Anyway, well, let's start the track. On to the track. Take a listen. <laughs> <laughs> here is that we've played uh something from like almost every genre now <laughs> you know, know right? really cool. you have such a, a versatile um composition um swiss army knife i guess oh yeah yeah and I, I, I knew we couldn't uh have the show without playing that track i heard it i'm like this has got to go in so i wanted to make time for that but we already got a question and actually chase you and i had this conversation yesterday what's the most complicated mm. time signature that you've had to write for <laughs> 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 that I've had to write for or that I wanted to write for is the, is the bigger question. <laughs> uh, so I can't say yet because there's a, there's a bigger meaning to where I'm going down, but all I can say is it's a, a very, it's a unorthodox mixed meter. And only one of my friends who's an orchestrator was able to guess that time signature. But so I'm sorry, I usually try to answer questions and not be that whole politician thing, but <laughs> there's a reason for it. And when that reason is announced publicly, you'll know why. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. We've got another one here. It says, I've seen you use, uh, what's the weirdest item you've used for sound? <laughs> weirdest item. It's always a fun one. Oh, do you really want to know? <laughs> if it's appropriate for the show, by all means. Like, um, I'll just say fingernails for a shaker. Just like what? that's all I'll say. Rubbing them. Okay. Well. Okay. No, I'm just gonna say that's all. I'm, I'm gonna leave it there. I made fingernails, a shaker out fingernails of fingernails for a shaker. This is all use your imagination. <laughs> oh, another question cool. that says: Do you ever feel that your personal style is compromised based on the requests of the orchestration? Sometimes I think it's, and I was actually writing a blog about this 
or I'm writing a blog about it. Whereas in if the if the direction from the beginning where we use something called audio assetless sheets and I design these and give them to the developer to just have the most clear communication you possibly can because it's in words. It's your opportunity to put down references, describe what you want, inspirations, etc. And so if the if all of that, those resources and that communication is unclear and I and because I'm hopefully being hired for my sound and my versatility and if there is if I write something and I and I present it and it doesn't come and they and they come back with the the feedback of well I was thinking this or it doesn't really feel that way then we've 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 kind of missed something in between there so it's my job to think about it and say okay I I must have missed something maybe I didn't communicate well can you direct me better with more criticism or feedback is it a drum loop pattern is it this weird shaker is it this instrument is it plucked too loud is it a volume thing i really am trying to utilize in general terms what that is and if i have to change it then i have to change it because it's not about me it's about the entire art form of the game and what the player is going to experience and i really strongly believe in that because again i'm the player first and the composer second and then i put the two together at the end my job is to make it make you feel something at the end of it when you have that entire art form in your time frame to play for that experience yeah i actually want to add on to that and ask a follow-up question i know we have another one in the chat and i'll get to that but in general do you find that the feedback tends to come more at the at the beginning more high level directional like i don't know if this is the right feel or more tends to be when you kind of get down to the technical like i think this thing doesn't work in this particular place or is it a a mixture of both it definitely is a conflation of both because it depends on what the what the direction for the part of it is happening within the game and like if it's dynamic interactive music or if it's something just linear if it's very something very short if it's rhythmic so it really just depends on the context you know, because if it's aligning to a story it definitely was going and they want to feel something or they, they want to close their eyes and imagine that that's there my job is to build that sound world within your ears within seconds but the and then it needs to come to the aligning the mechanics but it depends on it i get the open freedom mm-hmm. i need to do and sometimes i nail it a lot of times i nail it but the but I do have I do have revisions and mm-hmm. revisions aren't a bad thing anymore in my mind. I used to think they were, but revisions just mean I can make it better. And if it can be better, I'm gonna make it better. No, that's a great approach. You know, it's, it's a great philosophy to have. Uh, next question: What are your strategies to overcome composers' writer com- composers' writer's block? It's hard to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I man, I wish I remembered all the ten that I I, I talked about. But the the few that I do recall is you can you can I, I really like doing music ear training. So interval training, chord progression training, and there's a site called Terroria.com, T-E-O-R-I-A.com. It's free and just pull it up on your phone or your computer. This helps getting around the writer's block because then you never know what inspires you. I also just uh, I think pulling up I haven't practices too much but a spotify discover playlist just having it on but stepping away from your computer maybe go folding some laundry or taking your dog for a walk throwing it in your ears you never know where it's going to come from and so if you if you open your mind to the inspiration it will come to you but you have to open your mind up sometimes i just watch random shows on netflix or hulu and i'll hear a certain chord or i hear opening for a show and I'm like ooh, and then i have to like put that down or something like that too i wrote so many of these and there's a lot but those are just a few that come off the top of my head i'd like to follow up with a a question actually this and this is actually a kind of a deviation from what we're currently talking about but not only do you compose the music but you also do a lot of sound effects work and one thing that i think is is also very important in games is the sound effects and that we we can't just take that uh you know like a like a grain of salt that's just as important every every piece of the the game is very important so what is your your um experience with like doing sound effects and how do you how do you go about doing that do you enjoy it do you like composition more or is it just a different um i guess kind of different practice yeah so up to this year i had decided i'm not going to be doing sound design anymore Mm -hmm. but one in the years before that i was doing it i realized that i 
I did enjoy it a lot. I even made a mini Foley stage that didn't exist in the industry and wrote an article about it on Gama Sutra. Cool. And the the process of doing that was fun because I come from I'm tapping into when I was you know a child making sound with my mouth and playing with the door stopper at the back and hearing the spring and Doing, going, just yeah. really <laughs> tapping into what those sounds are and making it feel 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 good right again for the player for it to not be obtrusive or anything in that respect too it also gave me the perspective of understanding where things don't need to clash and do need to have their own spatial awareness so sound effects are not louder than music and music is not louder than sound in fact it's a cohesion and a, and a very direct juxtaposition effort to coincide with each other and that gave me the appreciation of knowing how to design sound design sound effects and then how to compose music and even tapping into certain things where they fall in the same key signature or, or same sound realm so they're not they're not just out of the blue somewhere and not really meshing well. Makes sense. It's a great answer. We only have a, a few yeah. more minutes. Um, do we have any other questions, Gene? We, we got, we got quickly... one. You got about 15 seconds to answer it, but what do you think about Picardy thirds? <laughs> I love them. <laughs> great. That's the answer to that. And for those that don't know, it's uh, switching from a major to a minor uh, third <laughs> interval in a, in a triad. But in any case, we should probably start doing our little wrap-up. But first off, I want to say yeah. it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on, Chase. We are doing this a little bit on the fly. We did a lot of planning, but, you know, this is kind of – this has turned out really well. But, you know, we never exactly know how things are going to go live. But, you know, Chase, tell us – tell folks where they can find you, however you want to do that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It, name is pretty simple. Chase Bethia. You can find me on Twitter. You can find me on Bandcamp. And you can find me on Spotify and other social media platforms too, but those are the top three that I think mean the most in this case. Excellent. And if you want to know more about Pixelated Audio, you can find us. We'll actually be releasing this as an episode as well. So you can re-listen to it and the tracks in their entirety. Um, you can go to pixelatedaudio.com. Uh, we also have a Discord that we hope you join if you like game audio. There's a lot of really cool cats in there. And um, just thank everybody for joining in the uh, watching the stream and hope you enjoyed the rest of MagWest. Thank you guys again. Thanks everybody for having us on. <laughs> Adios. <laughs>